1: bases loaded and one out oh my Central, god deep to right
0: field way up there and
2: way out of here second deck walk off home run grand Slash. hello and welcome in everyone to episode 161 of the bases loaded fantasy baseball podcast i'm your host mike curland you can follow me on twitter at mike underscore curland tonight. The boys are back in town. We have George. You can follow him on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino. And we have the special guest of the evening. (laughs) And I feel like there's a special way to do it. I got it. This is for you, George. Uh, Not George. Sorry. I'm (laughs) wearing this names. This is for you. It's been a while, but we welcome him back to the show, Zach Braff, not Scrub, Zach Braff. I had that was for you, buddy. It's time. I don't even back. know
1: what the hell that was.
2: That was that was Bruce Buffer saying it's time because it's time to bring you back on oh, the show.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna we have not that, missed man. a beat at all.
2: You know what? Boo this man. There it is. There we go. That's you what know? I was thinking. <laughs> I, I thought, That's what we know for here. I thought Boo this man
0: was coming as well.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. I wanted to I was trying to be nice, I was trying to be welcoming. To Zach, our biggest guest that we've had <laughs> in ages. No, Zach, obviously you have not podcasted with George and I. Me and George have barely podcasted. I know I haven't been feeling it for the better part of almost this whole year, but we're gonna try again. <laughs> we keep yeah, going through That's what we plan on trying again. But anyways, Zach, what's up, man? Not much,
1: guys. It's been a long time. It's good to see you both. Good to chat with you. Last year was just, I don't know, it's just a weird year. Just kind of. Lost a lot of interest in, in baseball, and life just took over, and I don't know. It was a weird year. um Yeah, just took some time off from doing all this, and hopefully I'll get back into it a little bit once uh, the season gets rolling here. But, hey, we, we still talked every day. We just haven't really podcasted in a while, and, yeah, this is the first time in a while, and hopefully we'll get back into it more consistently.
2: Yeah, this yeah. is the first time George and I have spoke since – like in person anyways, since FPAS and uh, well in person as much as you can be we're on Skype but uh it's been it, it, FPAS was awesome it was definitely an amazing time and this I thought I was gonna light that fire under me to get and it did for like a day and then, <laughs> and then I realized well I, I was telling you guys so I'll just be a little upfront no one really cares I'm sure if you want to skip past this probably skip up another two minutes and we'll get started with the content we're talking about we're kind of just dipping our toes in the early ADP, the first 50 picks. We're going to go through some of the names, players that interest us, don't interest us, what our early thoughts are. The best part about this is Zach is playing the part of unprepped analysts because he showed up tonight. He's like, look, man, I just want to kind of hang out and talk. I'm like, perfect. Come on in. He's has – this is the first time looking at ADP. Me George has been drafting. I've been looking at ADP. I haven't been drafting yet, but it, I will be drafting soon because I need it helps me with my draft prep actually. But regardless, so we're kind of gonna get into that, but back to my story because tangent time with Mike has to happen. Um, yeah, no, it's a long story short, essentially, is I realized I the, the years and years of grinding doing this stuff, like and here comes my little violin, because you know I I just, my little swan song. I just realized kind of need to prioritize other things and put that extra effort and time into other things, mostly my family. And now it's like instead of getting on for the extra podcasters, instead of getting the extra arc in, I'm over here. Writing less, podcasting less, but prioritizing things that really matter to me. So appreciate Family those first, who still man. Stood there. Yeah. And I yeah, I, I th- think it took me what, three years I, to realize that. Everybody <laughs>
0: kinda knows just like how much, you know, that you've worked, how much that you grind, and everything that you know you get involved in and stuff. So I mean totally understandable, you know. I think we all kind of hit that low a little bit. Um just not with, you, with you're baseball. a machine. <laughs> George is a big um, shot now. Just, yeah. I don't know about that.
2: I saw you on two pod. Like w- w- my favorite part is when I go to my Apple podcast app, open it up. And it says blank podcast with George Montanez blank podcast with George Montanez, George, <laughs> you're getting, you're making your way around, but no, it's been <laughs> awesome. Just watching George kind of almost pick up where I left off and just t- took off with it. And he hasn't stopped since you are the grind master. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible, but we're going to go with oh, it. Man. Mr. Grindmaster. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I'm just <laughs> glad to be
0: back talking with you guys. I mean, um, Mike, it was so cool to meet you in person in, in Arizona. We had a really good time. So, Zach, you got to make it out there next time because F Paz was amazing. I've heard it some really good was. things. I didn't
1: realize that people were calling it F Paz. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought it was just First Pitch Arizona, but I will try to make it out to F Paz next year. F Paz um, is
2: way easier to say. And if you make it out the there, cool kids. Great. The cool kids it's more fun. fun. But no, I was,
1: George, he's making the rounds on podcasts. And like you said, Mike, I mean, I really, I'm going into this kind of blind. I really haven't done too much draft prep yet, but I've been in the car a lot more recently. I have been listening to a bunch of podcasts, been listening to the podcast that George was on. Our buddies Deegs and Ryan, they have a podcast, which I've been listening to. It's really good, really good stuff. Really funny stuff, informative stuff from Ryan and Deegs. From Um, Ryan.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm I'll tell you man yeah, i Deak, love it. guys
1: in the car, man i was in the car today and deeks was just dropping one-liners and i was just cracking up as i'm in the car <laughs> i love just it compared, no those guys compared, man
0: he
2: yeah, compared somebody it.
1: to a potted plant today i was like what the <laughs> hell
2: is this uh, one of the best things that man. came out of the uh quarantine was meeting those guys you know we got a chance to meet that's where we yeah. met them playing mlb the show yeah we are playing mlb and, the uh, show with them like every night and then the, the website kind of like the, the initial attempt at a website and that they brought them along. And, thing you know, we just we every so often we uh you know we hang out, we talk, and uh those two guys, man, I, I try to support their work as much as possible. They support ours, just good people. So um I'm trying to remember the name of the podcast, next on deck podcast. Maybe? Yeah,
1: next on deck. Yeah,
2: yeah. I thought so. so uh, yeah. and I think uh
0: Ryan started Ryan started his uh call to the arm bar. And um, yeah, I've been texting him like recently because we're in a dc together we happen to get slotted right next to each other so we've been cursing each other out every now and then because you know we he knows everybody who i I like and i like everyone i know everyone who he likes so we just been sniping each other you guys are drafting right next to each other yeah he's seventh i'm eighth
2: (laughs) (laughs) so question zach but we're about to get started here i told people they should have fast forwarded it to like about right now anyway um because people i mean let's be honest this is the time of the year where we can have some small talk normally the small talk doesn't come this or doesn't come along and stick around this early or this long in a pod but realistically what you record an hour's pod or so people are going to listen multiple times or multiple parts because content is kind of people aren't of listening slowing. multiple times <laughs> well not, not multiple times People are gonna listen to like if it's an hour and a half we'll listen to half now half later is what i'm getting at just because they have the time to do so you can Right now is the time where you get to listen to a podcast and enjoy it. Soak it in because there's not 15 podcasts covering waiver wire in the same week anymore. You know what I mean? This, is, this isn't that time of the year. Instead, we have 15 podcasts covering all the signings. That's why we're <laughs> skipping it. Not, not, not because we can't add to it, but because it's so it's, talked it's about. It's all been said already. And don't be yeah. wrong. What we're going to say is going to be talked about too. But we're just trying to talk about something different because we are consumers too. We listen to what everyone else listens to. We hear what people are saying. I don't want to repeat it. I don't feel like I. Can, I feel like we can add little to it, if anything. So we can move on to this. So ADP. We're literally just looking at NFPC ADP. We're, we're sticking with the top fifty today. Again, we're start. We're dipping our toes in the water. And then Didn't we you have ask a couple... me a
1: question, by the way. Wasn't there a question you just completely left me hanging, or no?
2: Probably. <laughs> no idea, but more than likely because I don't care about you. Um...
1: <laughs> okay. I got a question for you, Zach, and now I don't care anymore.
2: You're he's laughing at me he's laughing at me because he's like just let's go okay we're gonna go just, just stop
1: rambling let's get to
2: okay tatis turner one and two seem to be the consensus you have soto with a min pick of one but average pick in like three and a half so he's obviously the clear number three here right now do you agree with this top two i should say well we can talk about the third pick in general but Tatis Turner, do you have a preference? Zach, looking at this for the first time, I know George has a more educated answer, so I'm going to start with you, Zach. Just looking at it. First time looking at it. Yes, I was a dig at Zach again. Um, what are you thinking, buddy?
1: So, I mean, I'm just looking at this top 10. I mean, we did a lot okay. of... Okay,
2: ignore my top two part. Go to the no, I'm, I'm going to sure. get
1: to the top two. I'm just saying just, this. this <laughs> looks very different than what we were going over going into the 2020 season or 2021 yeah. season last year um i mean trey turner was much further down and now he's
2: top two um where he should have been last year
1: honestly yeah i mean i love the landing spot i love him in the dodgers lineup i love the positional flexibility now that he's second base eligible um yeah i'm fine with that i mean i guess there's still a lot of concerns with tatis with the shoulder and how he elected to not have surgery it sounds like he does not want to play outfield so i mean he's going to kind of be in the same situation as last year back at shortstop and just kind of going all out and i don't know i guess at the top pick that might be a little bit of a concern of mine so um i don't know trey turner is definitely in consideration for the topic and even soto i mean if it's an obp league you got to go soto number one i would think right
2: OBP, I'd say so, unless you want speed that bad, but I'd still prefer to set the high base in OBP and address speed next round if I can. But it also depends for me, personally, 15 versus 12 teamers. NFBC, especially right now, it's mostly draft champions leagues. I'm pretty sure that's all it is right now, actually. Maybe something, or there's some 12 teamers out there, right? Um, But yeah, it's mostly 15 teamers. We've had 27 drafts as of right now, as we're looking at this ADP. And yeah, that's really just uh, personal preference
1: at the top. I'm sorry, just personal preference at the top. We can't well, go wrong If you were picking
2: number team. one right now, I'm putting you on the clock. Who are you taking? I probably would go Trey Turner right now. I I I concur with that statement, sir. George, do you have yeah. anything to say? What's <laughs> up? Do you have anything Let to up. say about the top two? <laughs> like is there a preference there for you? Is there somebody you'd add to the mix? No, I mean I think I've pretty much just seen
0: Tatis and Turner go, you know, in one and two and in, in either order. Um in every draft. And I totally get it. I mean, Turner with, you know, they both have multi-position eligibility with Tatis with shortstop and outfield Turner with second base and shortstop. That's huge. And, you know, these drafts that are going on right now that are mostly, you know, draft and holds uh, where, you know, you can't make pickups. So that, that uh, position flexibility is huge. Um, now, you know, I think, you know, last year and maybe even the year before we could have seen like, we could see like, you know, Garrett Cole or Corbin Burns going number one right now, but I think, the depth of pitching this year, or at least the perceived depth of pitching right now, um, you know, you're not really seeing Cole and Burns uh, or Burns going number one because of the guys you can get like in the two, three turn. So yeah, totally get it. I mean, you know, first few picks, you want to solidify that, you know, five by five, uh, the five category base. For for me, you know, I I don't think I'm going to be changing my my uh, KDS at all this year. You know, I I want the top pick. I want Tatis. I want Turn. I want a Bichette or a Jose Ramirez, you know, one of those guys that, uh, could really solidify, give you, you know, that solid power and and speed base. And then you could absolutely get some aces still coming back in the two, three turns. So, um, yeah, I, for me, the early picks are, are, you know, where it's at. And even if I'm picking in the middle, I mean, You know, you take a guy like Bryce Harper or you go ahead and take a Burns or a Cole. I mean, you really can't go wrong.
2: I agree. I'm with you with like the top nine and 10 picks. That 10 pick right now, Kunis sitting there with the 10th overall ADP. I think we're seeing more and more videos. Like I was watching a video of him just throwing long toss and I was like, oh my goodness, he's back. And obviously he has a lot farther to go, but it's like, oh, we're going to start seeing him hit off a tee. We're going to start seeing him hit live batting practice. And I'm willing to take the plunge. I think at the end of the first, I have a hard time taking him over harper because harper obviously the MVP reigning mvp continues to show consistent five category production so like right now someone who's healthy, like if i'm drafting right now i think i would slot harper over him bets i'm torn on and that's where it gets kind of been like if for me right. it's like do i want to take the risk on an acuna because if acuna is, is slated to be there for spring training or even be part part of spring training maybe maybe miss half of april maybe only two or three weeks his adp is going to jump up five spots he's going to be a top three to five pick at that point and this is where the discount it's either a discount now or how the price is going to change like people right now are drafting with the idea that he's going to miss about a month right like that's been the reports anyway
0: yeah yeah you kind of you know if, if, and if he misses a month um i mean then you know all about replacement. you, you want to take five months of Five months of Ronald Acuna or six months of Bryce Harper. Does Acuna
2: um, run any, as much though? Right, at, right,
0: and you, that's the thing. You know, Harper's going to give you twelve to fifteen steals. You know, he's not a zero there in that category. So, yeah, I think you know those first eight nine picks that I I want one of those those picks. Once you get past that, you got you know some question marks. You're looking at, um, yeah, Ronald Acuna. Now I I love Kyle Tucker. Um, you know he's he's going there, but like Walker Buehler, Max Scherzer. Um, Mike Trout, Brandon Woodruff, you know, it's just, yeah, if you can start with one of those guys that just fill up the stat sheet and then come back around in um, the end of the second with, you know, guys who I think are still, you know, aces like, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes Brandon Woodruff is going there or, or Zach Wheeler or uh, Aaron Nola. Uh, I'm really high on Sandy Alcantara. I, I think he, I'd have no problem taking him in the mid to late second. Uh, he's not going there. He's going a lot uh, later right now. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that the depth of the, you know, top-end pitching just kind of solidifies where I want to be drafting right now, and that's in those top five. 6 I've
1: noticed in some of your drafts that strategy that you're talking about. I mean, this is very different from last year where a lot of guys mm-hmm. were going with DeGrom or Cole and Bieber in the first round. <clears throat> and like you said, I mean— I would fill up the stat sheet with offense at this point very early, solidify some stolen bases, and there really are some good pitchers in the second, even the third round. Um, some guys, like you were saying, I mean, Bieber has fallen all the way down to, what, he's about 28. You got Urias down there as well. Um, Giolito and Nola were second-round pitchers last year, and they're now going in the th- mm-hmm. probably around the third round at this point. So some guys definitely dropped last year. And it's also just because some other guys really just had such good years that they skyrocketed to the top. So it seems like there is some very strong pitching early in the first few rounds here. So I I agree with you, man. I like the strategy of attacking, hitting in the first and even maybe in the second round and then starting to go pitching. You could definitely find some good gems in there.
2: If you went hitter hitter at the end of a 15 rounder, you'd be looking at names roughly. Sandy out Contra, Sale. Let's see, see I always call him Gossman. It's Gossman, isn't it? Or Gosman? Gossman. Gossman. Like, Pro- Faltor. Fr- Logan, Logan Webb. Logan Webb. Like, I don't know if I... See, that's the problem. I don't know if I feel comfortable with any of those guys being my ace. Flaherty. A healthy Flaherty looked amazing last year, but I don't know if I want him to be my number one. And that's where it's like, Lance Lynn, like, you're getting... Those are a little behind those other names. If you're, yeah. like, your best-case scenario, you might see Nola going around ADP of 38, a low pick of 58. He'd be like your best bet. Him or Giolito would be like your, your best case scenario following the end of the third. And as, but we all know pitchers are going to get hurt or have setbacks or something as we get closer to the season. Pitching's going to get pushed up like it always does. So, yes, now's the time to play around and be like, you know what? Maybe I can go hit or hit her and see what happens. Or, and, but that's, goes, that's, back to your point, George. Being in the first half of the draft, even the first top 10 picks. Gives you the luxury of going hitter, hitter because you know you can probably get a Giolito or Nola on the on the, in the third, and right, that's nice. Yeah. Like, me personally, I'm good with that as my ace. I'm good with one of those guys as my ace. I really am. Yeah, and... looking
0: at this current ADP, like uh, for me, the cutoff is um for number 42 ADP of 42. Sandy Alcantara. Now I I did one of my DCs. Timmy don't started... hate you already. <laughs> one of my DCs, I did. um I started from the two spot and I started Tatis. And then I went um, Alcantara and Nola at the 2-3 turn. And I'm, like, perfectly happy with that. You know, got my two cases that I got my innings right there. You know, I got, you know, 400 innings. And uh, we obviously know what Nola's upside is. And, and we've seen, you know, Alcantara make those changes that really, you know, he, he flashed some serious skills in this last, you know, two months. Last 80 innings were incredible. Uh, now, if he doesn't necessarily need to be that pitcher, but if he could meet, you know, somewhere in the middle, and it was really it was you know the slider usage that really drove um, that strikeout spike in the last two months for for Alcantara. But um, yeah, it, it, he if he even if he kind of regresses just a little bit there, if he's a strikeout per inning guy, and I'm getting you know rock solid ratios, 200 innings, 200 strikeouts. At the 2-3 turn, I'll take that all day, and and he's. I've even seen him falling, you know, middle of the third,
2: end of the third. So, um, yeah, that's just I think kind of I think the trend. The issue that... with Marlins, oh, sorry. I think the issue with Marlins pitchers are wins, and that would be the only thing you have to watch out for because wins are still a category. And people are like, well, what should we replace it with? I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> quality starts is also a weird stat because that gives you – you get a quality start with a 4.5 ERA, so it's like – that's dumb to me.
1: Sandy would be solid in quality. Yes, yeah, he would. Be. But
2: you get my point. Like I think Windsor kind of yeah. that's more of a team thing. That's right, That's no other discussion. What I do like, I wouldn't about even them, be but, worrying about that right now. This is yeah, but this is why top. This is why talk about top fifty. I wanted to. I'm glad we went this route because I didn't want to just talk about names and player evaluation. I wanted to talk about building teams and you kind of build your core in that top 50. You, you kind of build your core in the top 100, but since we're focusing on the top 50, we'll discuss some of these names, but like building your core out. And I mean, I love, see here's the thing. I love Alcantara and I, I love Julio Urias actually. I really like him and his win potential is way better, but I don't know if they, if it's a 12 pick difference better. Like they belong, like you're getting one where you have to take one in the second round. And like you said, Alcantara falls in the third and I'm wondering if it's like, I, I, I would rank it, pretty much like this i just have a hard time taking Urius so early right yeah for
0: me i i I feel like you know those 20 wins really i mean those are incredibly valuable but as a pitcher did we see kind of i mean we saw the breakout last year but it you know i'm not so sure there's another level for Urius. i think where he's at you know is a rock solid pitcher but you know i could very well see him going in the same spot next year and alcantara i mean I think there's another level there um, with his potential where we can see him going where Zach Wheeler and uh, Walker Bueller, You know, I'm not too sure there's going to be that much of a difference between those guys. Um, so yeah, I mean that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. Um,
1: you mentioned the win total, Mike, for the for for Sandy. I mean, it's not going to be 20 wins most likely, like Urias. But the Marlins have made some interesting moves this off season. That we've got did. some young kids coming. I mean, I'm I'm I think it's going to be better than last year. Um, I really not, like the Obi... some
2: offense. I'm yeah. Garcia is not enough offense. Jacob Stallings isn't enough offense, but Stallings, good defensive catcher. The pitching staff could be even better, which is pitching crazy. That's gonna be
1: better. They'll be healthy. I I really like the the Avi Garcia move. Uh, I, just, I, think I think they still oh, bring in somebody else. It's possible, I'm hoping. maybe. Trevor Story,
2: dude, I would, I would love it. I mean, I know most <laughs> Marlins fans would probably think it's a waste of money. But first off, it's not our money. Second off, I, I just, I think the Marlins have the pitching. Like you can argue because the Mets obviously have Scherzer, Degrom, Carrasco when healthy, and that's kind of it. And it's like pff, falls off the table. But the Marlins have such depth, and then they have the minor league depth to back up the major league depth. It's the pitching. I, I can. I, there's an argument there that the Marlins starting staff. Is the best in the East? And very, I know I'm very a biased there, but
1: you're not biased. It's it's a strong staff, and there's more a reinforcements That's the coming like, too.
2: Where you guys have this, you have the two. Like, there's no arguing. You have two of the top five pitchers in the league right now, top seven, whatever yeah, you want call
1: Are they going to stay healthy?
2: That's the thing. Degrom hasn't been able to stay healthy. Scherzer has had some hiccups with health, but I believe he'll actually stay healthy more more likely than Crasco. We all know him. Cookie crumbles, you know what I mean? It just happened. He's—it's almost like when you dump them in milk too long, you pull them out, and a part of them falls off. Like that's what—that's that type of cookie he is right now, and his in this day and age. So yes, I just compared Dunk uh, crasco <laughs> to a trips uh, Ahoy cookie in milk. But yes, that's why it's like you guys have the up. You—you—it's almost like you went Stud Dud with your current rotation, and the Marlins are like, all, like all, all second to fifth round picks. Like they just have like <laughs> that, like that depth. And then you have guys like elisa Hernandez. I can I can never say these guys' names right. Um, you have Hernandez, you have like Edward Cabrera, Edward Cabrera, you have um Max Meyer, Meyer, dude. You would think I don't know my team, I can't say their <laughs> names, but you get my point. Like, there's just yeah. pitching for pitching. in Can Lazardo be a thing? Six, though. like I would love to see Lozardo develop a changeup. The Marlins have been doing great things with changeups in this. I think this
1: team is probably like two or three years away from like really being a force, but I think they could improve significantly. If, if they got
2: story. Let's say they get story and then give them another couple like Abby type, Abby, Abby type of moves. Wendell, which, by the way, I love Joey Wendell, but I really like Meisner as well. So that really hurt Mm me. (laughs) Joey Wendell's a nice
1: utility, man. That's a good, solid move.
2: Well, for the Marlins, he's probably going (laughs) to (laughs) start. And Wendell's like a good like he he doesn't strike out. He makes a ton of contact. I think he's going to end up. Being a top of the order bat, him or Miguel Rojas, I don't know what's going to happen there in terms of like who's going to hit the top. Maybe they platoon the top with maybe Chisholm. It's going to help Chisholm because maybe they move Chisholm down to second or third, like give him more R- R- opportunities. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm so really interested to see what happens. This just, just became this a Marlin's
1: uh, podcast, by the way. Right? So yeah. Yeah, we're we'll really getting on track right preview. now. But
0: uh, I, I just want to go <laughs> off topic just for a second. Uh, and uh, just wait, when you mentioned Cameron Meisner, Misner, uh, <laughs> it reminded me that uh, in Arizona, We're at the ball game, and you're recording every single one of his at bats. You're so excited for this is your guy, this is your Marlins guy. (laughs) You're recording every one of his at bats. The one that you miss, he goes
2: deep. (laughs) (laughs) It happened. It happened. Why'd you miss it? Where'd you go? I was I was every back because we had this. We were sitting on the third base side. He's a he's a lefty, so we're getting you know, open face mechanics kind of, I'm, I'm at a weird angle, but I'm getting good looks at his swings and I'm like, man, he's going to get, like, I'm just waiting for him to get a hold of one. He finally does. It's in the ninth inning though. when we're all like done. Like I'm, I'm like, we're all like at this point, ready to go, like go back to the place and, you know, go to the panels and stuff. And I put my phone down and missed. did you fall asleep? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 not this time. I don't think I shut up. I think if anything, I pass out from talking too much and couldn't catch my breath. You know, By the, the, the few platform. podcasts
1: that I listened to and they were recapping FPAS, I, I I don't feel comfortable saying FPAS. I wasn't <laughs> there. I shouldn't be saying that. The podcast recapping first pitch and everybody was talking about you and just how you didn't shut up, basically. <laughs> Your <laughs> but not online persona is basically the same thing <laughs> in person.
2: I'm not, I, I try to emphasize that I really am the same person. <laughs> like, I not kidding. Like, I'm a nice guy, but I do love talking a lot of smack, and I do love oh, just man. talking. I enjoy conversation. So when I get a chance to finally meet everybody in person, I'm like a dog with his tail wagging. Like, I'm just excited. I just want to talk to everybody. And then, you know, but then Mike, I think it was Simeon on one of the pods that said, oh, but when Mike was gone, it was quiet. And I'm like, he's like, he wasn't sure to <laughs> if it was because everyone needed a break or because I really am a good conversation starter. Like it's just a natural gift. I'm able to start one, keep one going. And when I can't, usually it's just because it's like a weird, like mix. Like I tried talking to a few people there. I just couldn't hold a conversation. But I did get Zola out of his shell a little bit. Like Zola is kind of a keep to himself type of guy. I was, I was trying to crack the shell a little bit there, but he, I can definitely tell I definitely made him a little uncomfortable for sure. <laughs> first night there oh man i go around i go around i think you made half of arizona
0: uncomfortable what i think you
2: made half of arizona uncomfortable yes it was the mustache With
1: your creepy oh, selfies
2: well the mustache and the bathing suit you saw the bathing suit picture right oh i saw it
1: <laughs> we all saw it
2: you can't miss it. it's a lot oh, of money
0: thank
1: god you were wearing something underneath that weren't you wearing like shorts or something over no. shorts I had a
2: towel over it. Yeah, a towel. towel. okay You're, it was over a towel. I, I was, was like, no, it wasn't, wasn't wearing. anything under
0: mm-hmm. it. <laughs> All right. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, back, to, back to
2: so um back to team build. Uh, if I can get back, it's so hard to bring it in, like reel it in there after the Marlins. <laughs> right? Did they reel it in, Marlins? All right. Um, <laughs> I deserve that. I love how the cricket sound sounds like a a squeaky bike wheel. It sounds anyway. like a bird. <laughs> Those are crickets. Here. <laughs> that, better better for my joke okay anyway um i have a question so, though going back to the top of this draft a little bit jose ramirez third baseman min pick of three max of nine i could see myself if i get enough choices at the if i was able to pick first like on in two or three drafts i would take a shot with jose at one yeah i can actually see
0: that yeah, no not at all i mean he just given
2: third base is trash. the
0: third base <laughs> yeah give, given where third base is and yeah you're getting a guy that's you know 30 20 um you know not not killing you batting average i mean yeah i could totally totally see ramirez going number one i, I mean I, I don't have a problem with you know uh him going anywhere in the top three and then followed by like bachette um uh, for me those are like the top four
2: for me, JRM is my number three overall Like in my head. It's Turner, Tatis, Ram for me, then mm-hmm. followed by Bichette. And see, I can't. OK, Zach, are you touching Vlad in the top five? He's going on average at fifth overall ahead of Ram. So I
1: probably am not. I would take Ram before Vlad. Um, I could see make a case for Vlad going six or seven. But top five, I don't think I would take him top five.
2: It's funny because yeah. Otani won the MVP and Vlad's beating him in the draft board. Now, do you prefer Vlad to Otani in this type of league where it's weekly and you don't get both sides of Otani's stats? I
1: had Otani last year in a weekly. Um, it's it's tough. Uh, the offense is legit, though. Yeah, I mean, I think I played him maybe like once or twice as a pitcher last year in a weekly format. Um, I mean, it's hard to predict when he's going to get. If he even does get a two-start week, it's very rare that you'll see that from him. Um, the league that I was playing in, it was a quality start league. So uh, I know that I could most likely get that from him. But other than that, I mean, like you said, you're probably starting him as a hitter more often than not. Um, I just don't love the idea of wasting my utility spot in the first round. Uh, I just, I think I'd rather fill a position of need um, in this round. So I... I I'm most likely not taking Otani this early. As much as I like him, it just feels very early. I probably would go Vlad over Otani, but um, I don't know. Otani is just such a dynamic player. He brings so much to the table. It's it's a it's a fun little toy to have at your disposal. But um I don't know. If I had the choice, I probably would go Vlad. George what about you, what about you guys?
2: Yeah, I'll say George. Vlad first, Vlad or Otani, second if if you pick Vlad, well, we can talk about it regardless, but Otani in the first round in general, are you touching him in this top seven, eight area? Um, so
0: I would I would go Otani over Vlad personally. I'd probably not taking Vlad just because I, I need to get some steals uh, in yeah. the first round um, personally. Um, so I, I would take Otani. I mean, if you, yeah, you fill your, your utility spot, but I mean, you're getting 40-20. And I really do think that the the dive the nose dive in his in his batting average in the second half was really just the, the fact that he was the only hitter there um uh, for the <laughs> angels i mean nobody had any reason you know give him any pitch um he had like a 19% walk rate in the second right. half so stupid yeah yeah so i mean yeah you you you're getting you know 40 20 potential and um yeah, i don't i don't mind it i mean i'm not targeting otani i'm not like you know, but if i'm there at 10 11 we're around other guys that have other question marks as as well. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll take
2: Otani. Um, Otani's low point is fifteen. I would love that, but yeah, like yeah, I'm not anti Otani either. I'm with you. I don't want either of Vlad or Otani in the top seven though, because I'm my reasoning falls with you, Zach. That the utility. I don't want to fill my utility this early yeah. in a weekly league. Now, if it's a daily format, Otani's arguably number one. Yeah, I would that say changes one everything. Oh, yeah. This is know your format daily daily leagues. is number one because you're getting both sides of them. And he put up, he was an MVP, but he put up amazing stats on both sides. And it was funny because he tailed off on the hitting side in the second half, but picked up on the pitching side. Yeah, he did. His walks went from like four per nine, four and a half per nine to like under two per nine. So it was like, a, it was a huge difference, and then but then the hitting fell off. So it's like almost oh, well, so I'm wondering if fatigue set in. But like we all know that Otani just didn't get pitched to at all. He had like 30 home runs in the first half, like 13 in the second. I just looked at his splits. This The reason why I noticed that so well, but we people don't, people might not know that Vladdy kind of like a, a small step back in the second half. You know, mm-hmm. no more was Dunedin. Um, they went back to Toronto. That's playing more to as a pitcher's park now with the Humidor, and he dropped about. 30 points of batting average or 20 points of batting average in the second half from like 313 or something to 285. I think he's a 300 hitter. I really do. But there's still the fact that it was a step backwards in the second half. And now I still expect Vlad to be that four category guy, but we're hoping for him to be peak Arenado type, which is doable. Vlad has the set to do it, but in today's day and age where speed is, for, is still increasing in terms of necessity, I think Vlad should be going it's like Vlad like for me, Harper over Vlad, but it's like I have to con- I have to consider Mookie or Vlad, because I'm just not sure about Mookie. I'm sure Mookie's healthy. He Mookie will be healthy. I just haven't heard anything lately. Yeah. But I think that's the I think the conversation I think Vlad should be at the back end of the first, not at the top of the first. So that's yeah, what my I, concern is. Um moving on to like
0: the, the second round hitters. Um You mean you don't want to guys... stay talking about the first I round? Mean, we don't have to keep harping on, on the top 50
2: uh, Why not? Well, I mean, fine. 15th overall, Mike Trout. Does he belong there? Keep it there. <laughs> Real quick. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking Mike
0: no, isn't,
2: isn't that crazy how the mighty It evolved? is, yeah.
0: yeah. You just can't exactly. stay healthy.
1: That's, <laughs> that's just so frustrating. I don't think I've ever rostered Mike Trout, honestly. Um, this would be the year. <laughs> It depends how far he falls. I mean, what, the max pick for Trout right now is 29. I 29. mean, if he's, fallen, if he's fallen that far, like, sure, I'll take a shot on him. But the injuries are concerning. He's not running anymore. I mean, the guy hasn't stayed healthy. I mean, he hasn't put up, what, 600 plate appearances in since, what, 2014? I mean, he just can't stay on the field. It's just frustrating. Um, a lot of it's been freak injuries. But what was last year? Was it a shin injury? Like, I don't know how calf i didn't even realize it was, the it
2: was the back part of the leg you were close i just don't know how that could keep you out that long it's just frustrating he had a um, setback and then by the time he was ready to come back they just shut him down
1: it's just tough to trust him at this point there's other options in that range that are more trustworthy i mean bryce harper is going um around that area i'd rather have harper trust him more mookie betts all
2: right what you know. about uh yeah. Luis robert George, what do you th- I'm torn on Robert? The we're looking at this is he, I'm pretty sure now correct me if I'm wrong, there was injury concerns coming in. Like he had a 2019 where he stayed healthy, but prior to 2019, didn't he have injury concerns in the minors? And then now we're seeing injuries rear their ugly head in the majors as well. Yeah, I mean, I I, I do like I do like Louis Robert. Um
0: now is it I Robert mean you...
2: Robert, I give up. I want to know <laughs> Robert. It's Robert. I don't okay. If I get yelled at, it's your fault. Cause I, I swore he, I swore the whole thing got rescinded, and he was like, he made it easier for us to say it in English and all that English in the English language. Anyway, fine. Luis Robert, go ahead, George. Sorry. No,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. We saw what he did last year after you know he came back, and yeah, maybe he does have a little bit of injury um, risk, uh, but yeah, I think he's a stud. I, I, you look at him and like Kyle Tucker, who's going in the first round. And I mean, I think they project very similarly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't mind it. I, I I like him a lot.
2: Yeah, after he came back, it was like it was I got the stats here actually. I can pull them up real quick. Um, after he returned from the IL last year, he posted 12 home runs with two stolen bases, 17% strikeout rate. So seeing the improved contact rate was really encouraging. This was a small sample. Though. It was like what like 30 games or something. Um, hit 350. With a 6.22 uh, slug, it was nuts. Only 3.6% walk rate, but a WRC plus of 173. Again, we're talking very small sample. But even if he can, like, even if he runs hot and cold, which we expect Robert to do with his profile, if his hot months are going to be that and his cold months are like, you know, you weather the storm with him in in roto leagues. He's not a points league guy, in my opinion. But in roto leagues, I'm all about it. Are you do you have any trepidation when it comes to Robert?
1: Just to provide some clarification. Jason Benetti, the White Sox yes. uh, play-by-play guy, the, he said the pronunciation is Robert, not Robert. Okay, like Robert Duvall, Robert Frost. It's Robert. So just to, just to clarify, I'd that's say, how we're gonna say it.
2: I'd say it's a legit source. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, what was
1: the question? Sorry. <laughs> You're so useless. I was um, more intrigued. You you're, the production.
2: very useful to completely useless. Real <laughs> quick, quick thoughts on Luis Robert. Are you con- essentially are you concerned about his injuries, and or and are you willing to draft him at right around this ADP of eight? No,
1: I'm not that concerned. Yes, I'm willing to draft him in this spot. Anything else I, I can assist
2: with? My F- yeah, my F DC George was in it. I took him. I think right around here. I took him in the early. I had the second pick of the of the second round. I took uh, Robert. Paired him with where bueller not bueller no um burns burns that's what i paired him with i like that start i I hate how my team turned out but i like the start
1: (laughs) do we think that robert is going to be hitting at the top of the lineup because obviously that would be i hope so ideal i think right now on roster resource he's slotted in more towards the middle uh five or six hole Um, but i would love to see him him and tim anderson at the top of that order i would really yeah. love that for fantasy implication
2: absolutely you know what how about we do this how about we look and see where he was hitting towards the end of the year pretty sure it's towards the top I could be wrong I think they finally put him batting second towards that but yeah they did towards the end of the year they had him batting second from like 8 19 all the way to the end of the season he either led off or bat se- or batted second all but two games where he batted fifth. So I think there's more of a likelihood that he bets towards the top, unless they sign somebody or is there somebody coming back? I don't remember. Menes, Grandal, Brayu, Mancada. I think Mancada is one who fell because he's just kind of been whatever.
1: Got Vaughn on the bench. This I thought this lineup was honestly deeper. Did they lose somebody? Uh, Vaughn. Caesar Hernandez.
2: Vaughn's on the bench. Wow. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's actually gonna stick either. But anyway, um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's somebody. I can't my finger on it either. Something seems off.
1: It does. I think Cesar Hernandez was the second base, maybe more at the top last year. I don't know.
2: No. um, Adam, uh, what's his face? Adam, what's his face? Eaton. No. Eaton was at the top of the lineup for most of last year. Maybe that's what it is. Um, and then we had a little bit of Hernandez up at the top as well. And then Robert replaced him at the top. Anyway, um, moving on. How about anyway. Freddie? How about Freddie Freeman right around how 19? About Freeman, what team is he gonna play
1: for? Oh god, me. why is this taking so long for him to sign? And well, to why are now, the Braves yeah. Bra-
0: are gonna this up, aren't they? I
2: love how you inserted I'd, the new.
0: Oh man. <laughs> if if Freddie Freeman is a dodger, I'm gonna lose it. Oh god. Or a Yankee. That's the last thing anybody wants to
2: see. <laughs> I wouldn't care. I just wanna see I just wanted to I hate that we have to wait now for these guys to sign. Yeah. Like we yeah, had all this fun, all these quick signings, and now crickets. JV needs to sign again. So in for story. Um but yeah, Chris Bryan. I, I think Freeman is who Freeman is. I don't think he's gonna fall off this year or anything. I think where he's going is perfect. And he's a reminder, like, why am I taking Vlad when I can get I mean, he's not quite what Vlad is in the power department, but Freddie gives you 30 with a 300 batting average, roughly. So, why not just mm. wait? Like, I don't need Vlad's skill set for 10 more home runs, possibly. Yeah. When, especially if Freddie goes to New York, where the short porch will be his best friend. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Freddie as like a solid round two option if you want that skill set there. Um, moving on to Manchado's kind of like, I'm trying to think, Simeon, do you think Simeon should be following after that trade? Uh, trade, sorry, the signing in Texas, George? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, my initial thought was like, I mean, you know, that ballpark's obviously hurt like his power a bit. Um, obviously, everything not a... speed. right, yeah. I mean, I, you kind of got to knock everything but the speed because you know, the Rangers are a team that will run. So, I mean, yes, right here back into the second, um, yeah, it's a, it's it's a bit too high. I could see him falling, you know, into the third, uh, into the third and fourth is probably where I would be comfortable taking him. Uh, But yeah, definitely not here at his current ADP of 12. I can't believe that not pick on him for 12. No, he actually went 10th in my DC DC that I started a couple days ago. And I mean, I don't know. It was, I guess it's not completed yet. Yeah, it's not completed yet. So that's why I haven't registered.
2: Yeah, uh, Cleveland, sorry, Cleveland. Oh, because I'm looking at them. Texas was tied for fourth with Miami, actually. That's why Miami is a good spot for like Avi for running. Uh, but Texas was four, tied for fourth in steals last year. And I believe in 2020, the short season, they were like top two or three. I'm double, I'm double checking that right now. But point being, they were fifth. They were tied for fourth again <laughs> in uh, 2020. A p- point being that they're t- they were top five at two straight seasons when it came to running. And that's what you like to see. So Semyon might sustain there. I think he fall. I think he'll fall a little bit. The Guy I like a little more than him that's going right behind him at this point now is Cedric Mullen. I don't expect him to repeat 30-30, but a 20-30 season is I think is within the realm of possibility. He's gonna to continue to lead off. The team around him is getting better, so the runs should be better. And he's a, he I'm pretty sure I'll double check you if he was efficient. I'm pretty sure he's pretty efficient on the base pass last year. So efficiency is huge with stone bases. I don't even look at sprint speed anymore because intent and success rate is what I look at. And yeah. if you're able to attempt all those bases, uh, all those steals. He got caught eight out of thirty-eight times. So not terrible. Wish it was a little better, but still good enough. My point being is, I think thirty steals is still very realistic as long as he's leading off for the Orioles. Does anybody have any issue with this price for Cedric Mullins?
0: No, not at all. He actually fell to me in the third, and yeah, I, I, I don't mind it at all. I mean, twenty-seven years old. He's in his peak years right now. I mean, there's, I don't think there's any reason that you know twenty-twenty will be his floor. It's not going to hurt you, Um, so yeah, I don't I don't mind it at all. Yeah,
1: I like this. I like the spot for him too. And uh, it's interesting back to back right here. We got Cedric Mullins and Starling Marte, um, two very similar players. Um, I think I probably would go Mullins over Marte. I mean, ooh, Marte
2: bias was about to take. Uh, I haven't
1: talked Mets baseball in a while, and I'm still not ready to. But (laughs) Starling Marte uh, just came. As quite the surprise, that signing. Um, But, I mean, the Mets are not a team that really has been running in recent years. I mean, granted, they really haven't had anybody like Marte who can run like him. But my concern is that he's just not going to have the free reign to run like he has in the past, whether it be with Miami or Oakland or even Pittsburgh. Um, So I don't don't know if he gets to 40 stolen bases. I really don't. I just don't know if I love the team situation for Starling Marte, fantasy-wise. I think I would prefer Mullins. I think Mullins has more more upside than Marte for this year.
2: And Marte, people, I think, almost overlook or just kind of ignore it at this point but he is known for his injury you know his injury the injuries are a potential there he's always out like
1: 20 or 30 games or something every year three years older
2: thing so age isn't on his side speed usually declines as players (laughs) age i know very very novel concept but needs to be i feel like it needs to be said out loud um i'm still not fading Marte, but i'm with you i i will take mullins 10 times out of 10 over Marte.
1: And let's be real—he's a Met now, so things are bound to go wrong. So he's
2: up for the season, yes. <laughs> you love your Mets and you loathe them. No, I do. But not. okay, fine. Starling Marte or the guy going five picks after him, uh, or four picks after him? Excuse me, Whit Merrifield. <sighs> I think I
1: probably would prefer Whit Merrifield personally.
2: George? Yeah, I think that the
0: the thing is, um, the thing is with Whit is that you know you're getting 162 games, um, mm-hmm. right? I mean he's. Yeah, you know, 700 plate appearances in three of the last four seasons, you know, obviously 2020 shortened season, but three straight years, three straight full seasons of 700 plate appearances, uh, you know, so I mean, two of those seasons, he had 40 steals. Um, so yeah, I, I, and he's got, you know, second base eligibility. So I, I think, yeah, I also prefer, I would pro- also go with
2: why are you sending us fans football messages to the chat?
1: <laughs> why? Because fantasy football is so important.
2: It, it's We're heading towards the playoffs, I understand. But we're talking fantasy baseball, and you literally chatted the group. Thanks and, for blowing up Pollard my spot. Was, I, don't, <laughs> I don't care about that. But, yes, Pollard was a must-play tonight. For, regardless, fantasy baseball, I'm with you. I think wit is the play there. And a lot of it is not only can you count on the playing time. We saw the stone bases again last year. But dual eligibility, second base outfield. I think people like underestimate how important that is in certain platforms in certain uh, formats, sorry, certain formats. And he offers that. And second base, although it might not be as bad as it once was, having the potential to put him at two spots is a big deal. So I'll take Whitmerfield as well. And I think the skill set that you're aiming for with Marte, you can get out of Whit, plus those levels of safety we discussed. So, But what really catches me off guard already, and I don't think it's going to – I don't think this trend – I don't think these guys are going to drop any. I think it's going to get worse as injuries happen. But but maybe it's – maybe it'll – what will even out is as injuries happen to relief pitchers, we see more guys name the closer, so it helps it out. The balance will be there. But Liam Hendricks and Josh Hader, 30th and 33rd overall. you got to spend serious, serious uh, equity Crazy. to grab them. Either of you interested in a closer at this point? Oh, Go man. Ahead. You know, <laughs> I tough. can
0: maybe – I can maybe see myself getting one uh, – to start the third, if if one is there, but I don't like getting a closer at this point in the draft. The thing is, I mean, this is where they're going, and like you said, it may even just get worse. You see Hendricks with a min pick of 16, Hader with a min pick of 25. Uh, we're gonna start seeing these guys. Yeah, in the end of the second, one of the drafts I did, I, I that uh, where I had gotten uh, Nola and Alcantara at the two three turn. I had planned on getting one of these guys with the, the, my pick in the third, and the guy drafting at the turn took them both, Hendricks and Hader, uh, nice. at the 2-3 turn. So, I mean, ah, man, it's just, yeah, there's so much uncertainty right now. You know, you still have Kelly Jansen that, you know, doesn't have a job. Um, the situation with Craig Kimbrell kind of up in the air. Um, you know, you, you got guys like uh, Camilo Duvall who got a lot of hype, who right now, you know, is going um, around, you know, round nine round 10 but uh yeah there's just there's so many question marks in the closer landscape that i i don't really blame anybody for trying to solidify their saves at this point for me i'm just like yeah I, i'm i don't know i i don't feel too like i i'm perfectly fine just waiting another couple rounds and getting a, emmanuel class a or rice l
2: iglesias or edwin diaz i mean i want know, iglesias but now that you saw and before afforded... you he just signed a four-year deal, so Glacius ADP is about to jump up ten spots, probably. Yeah.
1: Like George. George, have you ended up with with Hendricks or Hater in any of your drafts so far?
2: No, no. But he targeted no, them I'm... once and didn't get them. Which is great. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I
0: didn't get them. The one. The one draft I would have taken one. I. I didn't get them, but no, I've <laughs> ended up with like Ryan Presley in the fifth round, who I. Really don't mind. I mean, super solid too. And you you got to think that you know Houston maybe losing a little bit of, of offense this season that maybe they don't blow everybody away and he gets uh, you know a few more saves. So yeah, like guys like Presley, uh, like I mentioned, Diaz, Classe, Iglesias. I have no problem taking those guys in like the fifth round, it's right around right around Chap- where they're going. Where Chapman. you would need to take them? Yeah, Chapman. You know, obviously has a little bit more risk, but yeah, I mean, you got Chapman going there, eighty. Um, 80- ADP of 84 right now, so I I don't mind taking you know getting maybe two of of these guys maybe uh for me like I, I have no problem I, I'm t- if uh, Craig Kimbrel's falling I have no problem taking Craig Kimbrell because you got to think that yeah I mean just the whole narrative you saw him struggle in the setup role uh the the White Sox picked up Kendall Graveman. The writings on the wall, you know, they're they're going to be moving him, and 100, percent you got to think that whatever team is is going to be acquiring him is going to be acquiring him to close games. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to get two by the time it gets to Craig Kimbrel, I'm I, I'm trying to get you know two closers.
1: Wouldn't surprise me if Kimbrel ends up on the Phillies. I Feel like Dombrowski has traded for him before. I feel like he might try to make a deal once things are back up and running again um but yeah i, I think kimberl gets dealt i think a team like philly or somebody who's in dire need of bullpen help um is gonna get him and yeah i think that's a good bet where'd you say he was going uh
2: um, well
0: his adp is 131 if he's yeah, traded it'll go I up mean, that for sure. that automatically goes up into the 80s at uh, 80s 90s at least
2: yeah george's are uh our bullpen guy, our relief pitcher guy. So when he talks relief pitchers, I even shut up and listen. <laughs> Call to the
1: arm pen. Oh, um, yeah,
2: sorry. Ar- the arm bar. These are arm, arm bars. Ar- not the arm pen. <laughs> arm <But no>. pen. <laughs> arm, pit, arm pen. Coast. What I, have I mean,
1: for- look, look at this ADP with the closers. I mean, Hendricks and Hayter that high just seems ridiculous. I think
2: honestly. every year there's like one or two guys going in that third, fourth round area, though. So I'm not really surprised. And Hater, I think in 2020 we saw him go in the first round in one draft. Yeah,
1: I mean you could wait till like George was saying, like uh, Presley and like the fourth or the fifth. I mean you could definitely wait until those rounds to address uh, your first closer. But um, God, I can't believe we're up to like 15 was a min pick for for Hendricks. That's just insane.
2: Doesn't we saw Hater go in the first round in 2020? That's why I'm not surprised at this point. All right, before we get out of this, before we answer these questions, I have a few names I want to touch on real quick. Mostly this shortstop run at the end here, right towards the bottom of the end, towards the end of this top 50. Tim Anderson, we know what he's going to bring us. There's a little injury risk there, but there's power, speed. He'll get you close to 2020. I understand the ADP. Then you have Bogarts, Story, Lindor, and Wander. Four different, very different players, three of which are vets that have proven themselves that had kind of down years, like Bogart's kind of had a iffy finish. Um, Trevor Story just never got going. Weird babbit un- unlucky babip stuff with cores and everything. And he's a free agent, we don't know where he's playing yet. And then you have Lindor, first year of a mega contract, which we've seen guys like Harper, Machado, like these are recent history guys that like struggled their first years of a mega deal, and then turned around and now we have Harper as MVP and Machado's kind of been Machado. So I think this better day is ahead for Lindor. He did finish better than he started, at least. But regardless, are the uh, well, and Franco? I want to say for last, but these three guys, George, you've been drafting. Have you found yourself with any of these three guys? Do you have a preference here? Do you ha- are you skeptical of any of them? Um,
0: I mean the the one. I mean for me, for me the three guys at the top: Tim Anderson, Xander Bogarts, Trevor Story um i i don't mind taking any of those guys trevor story all day i'm in on adp of 42 i absolutely love that i think he's an absolute steal right there um uh. I mean he's he's gonna be the one that I, I think you know is the safest to probably go twenty twenty. We always think of Tim Anderson as that guy, but he's hasn't really been doing it. He hasn't gotten twenty twenty. Can't stay healthy. Right. And he, he hasn't put up twenty twenty since um like maybe 2017, 2016. And and they came with like a two forty average Just before he became the hitter he is right now. But I mean, you know, he's much improved. But the point stands, I mean, he still hasn't really got been the twenty twenty guy. Trevor Story, on the other hand, I mean, even with the down year last year, still hit 24 homers, 20 stolen bases in what was an absolutely unlucky season for him. I mean, we think of course Field as, you know, Colorado is going to inflate BABIP and every single year it's, you know, his BABIP is 345, 361, 354. Last year, 293. I mean, yeah. he's not a 251 hitter. He had a career low strikeout rate, 23.4%. And I mean, his contact rate also was, was zone contact 86.1% career high he was absolutely unlucky and even you know even if he leaves colorado um which i mean it's going to happen he's leaving colorado but the the point being he was incredibly unlucky last year and he's he's a much better hitter and no matter where he goes i think he's still going to a safe bet to be a 2020 guy um you know, if he's 2020 and 270, he's still he's still an absolute steal here um, at 42. So I absolutely love Trevor Story's uh, price. Franco and Lindor, the ones that I'm, I don't know, man. Like Franco at 48, yes, he has an incredible hit tool. He can hit 300, but can he hit 20 homers? Maybe. Uh, he's not going to steal very many bases. Maybe he goes 2010 uh, and 300, which is a you know usable player, absolutely. But not someone that I want to take here at 48 necessarily. Um, So, yeah, and then Lindor, I'm just kind of, I don't know.
2: I I have no (laughs) idea what to think of that situation there with Lindor. Lindor is weird, man. Career low BABIP last year, career high strikeout rate, but the career high strikeout rate for Lindor was only 18%, 18 18.3%. But he also had a career high walk rate of 11%. So he was a little more patient at the plate, and the BABIP just took a dump on him. I think we see closer to a 260 hitter. I mean, he hit 258 in 2020. I think he could still be that 260, 270 guy. Uh, in, a, in a down year, he still put up 20 home runs and 10 stolen bases in just 125 games. So that would have still gotten him more stolen bases, more home runs. You're getting, you're still. I think you'll still get 25, 15 type of numbers out of him easily, in my opinion um i'm still in on the door but i do prefer story as well and i was looking at Story's numbers while you were talking about them a little bit and on the road he does you know as a, for the career now again it's not fair to sit there and look at someone's career numbers solely as from course because he's going to be able to go there and play in a regular field the full time but he was mm-hmm. still with the crazy splits roughly a league average player wrc plus of 98 but the big thing is is he didn't hit as much home runs but he stole more bases on the road so the stolen bases should be there that's kind of what you're drafting him for anyway uh, knowing that there's a floor for home runs and adding average even if, even if he hit for the what he, for what he did at, over his career away it was 241 a 241 batting average say he did that for a full season with a new team isn't terrible in today's game but you're getting 2020 with it as well so i think the floor is 2020 with 240 absolute floor because that's kind of what he's shown us he could do on the road in his career, which again, you can't just take the career road number. Um, But yeah, Lindor, you got to think better days are coming, right? Mets fan over there, Zach.
1: I think it'll be a better year two for him. Um, I really was expecting struggles last year as well. Um, But year two, I think he'll be a little bit more comfortable. Hopefully he stays a little bit more healthy. Like you said, I think a 2015 floor, it should be pretty, uh, pretty reasonable for him. Um, Maybe with Marte at the top of the order as well. Maybe we do see them run a little bit more this year. So as long as he could stay healthy, I think we'll see decent numbers. I mean, going around pick 50. I mean, he was going what last year? Probably top 20. Um, so I think that's pretty good value, honestly, at number 50. Um, Trevor Story, I've always been a huge fan, uh, like you guys were just saying. Um, my question with him is where he ends up. I really just don't see like the logical fit. I thought I could see him maybe with the Rangers before Seeger signed, but I just don't really know where he ends up. Like, could he possibly go to the Giants, and play third base? Awesome. Could he go to the Mariners and play third base? I just don't see. Could he go to the Astros maybe and take Correa's spot? He's going to be a much cheaper option than Correa. If he goes to the Astros, I would love that, by the way. Yeah, the... but there's just not a ton of opening the shortstop anymore I don't think the Yankees are going to spend for Story or Correa I don't he's he's not I hope he doesn't go back to Colorado Um, I really also thought he just kind of was just annoyed with the whole Colorado situation in the second half and he really just kind of lost interest and I think he's just ready to move on and I, I think we can expect a big year from him I just don't know where that's going to be and the ballpark factors I mean there's a lot of different factors with fantasy implications but um i don't know where do you guys see Trevor's story ending up
2: oh what if boston decides to say screw it and do it like boston was been on kind the table dis- moving they've Hogarth been disappointing to second, I said. they've been this they've been disappointing their fan base you know like trading renfro who's solid bat solid glove last year you know what i mean like i have a hard time i'm looking at it and um I almost want to see the Mariners do it, but it would suck for him. <laughs> uh, the Astros would be a fun fit. The Dodgers, with their, you know, uh, they didn't make any. They were so quiet. I, I'm surprised. And they could use, you know, they have Turner at third base still. Um, where would where would he play? They just resigned Chris Taylor, but I think they want to keep Taylor in that utility role, so they can put they could put Story at short or second, and Turner at short or second. I wonder if the um,
1: Angels try to add another bat. I don't, I don't think, think they, they have the
2: money. Do they have the money for that? I think
1: they always have money.
2: The Angels <laughs> would make they, a lot They of do sense. tend to blow money. That would be a fun, that would be a great spot because then you put them in that area with like, you know, you have Trout, Otani, Rendon. Love that. The story. I would love that fit. I just don't know what to expect. I mean, outside of them, I mean, the Cubs just got Stroman randomly. That was the most random move of the offseason.
1: Another one that I could see, <laughs> I could actually see him possibly reuniting with, arenado in st louis
2: Th- that's been the talks but i don't know are they going to want to spend up you know the cardinals are a lot of teams like,
1: really just seem to be open to spending it's money weird. this year like you spend- see the rangers dropping a shit ton of money you see the tigers dropping money here i mean a lot of teams that typically haven't been uh spending are ready to spend this year so it's it's cool to see fits.
2: he definitely fits over there in st louis but what st louis needs is a lefty I just pulled up their team and they have two switch hitters and the rest are all righties. They could use a lefty in that lineup, but not saying that they shouldn't go out and get story because it's a great fit. Cause they have Edmundo Sosas currently plugged as a starter or Paul DeYoung, whichever one, you yeah. know, but they're both righties and they're both <laughs> not Trevor Story. So, so Trevor Story would fit really well there. But um yeah, the last one I want to talk about real quick is Wander and George hit the nail on the head. My big thing is the stolen base is I'm concerned about because of his lack of success. First off, he only stole two bases last year in, in a short period, but they both came in the first eight days that he was up. He didn't steal a single base after those first eight days. And then if you go look at his success rate, because I'm big on success rate, how much will Tampa Bay run him if he doesn't fix this? Cause he's been, let's see, 2018, four stolen bases, three caught stealing, almost 50%, 14, 14, Stolen bases nine caught stealing in 2019 in in A ball not even like and in high A four cut, four stolen bases five caught stealing Triple A five stolen bases four caught you see where I'm going with this he's yeah. never had a really good year of being efficient on the base pass so have all the speed you want but is a team that wants to play the the money ball mentality they're gonna let this guy run in to outs especially as they trade away players you know do their thing platoon etc I just don't I mean Wander's safe he's gonna play every day no questions asked. Probably hit 300. I see 20 to 25 home runs. Maybe I'm thinking 10 on bases because the speed's there. But that's if I'm just afraid. What if the Rays are like, nope, you're not running. Unless you can show us you don't run into outs. And I know that's speculation. There's no reason to think that right now. Nothing if I've ever heard say that. But it's the success rate or lack thereof that concerns me. And he was two out of three last year. So I don't know. It's like he, he stole two, attempted <laughs> one more, failed, and they, they didn't let him run anymore for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, So that's why, what I wanted to bring up about
0: him. <laughs> it's like, why why not just take Jorge Polanco, 30
2: picks? <laughs> well, because Jorge Polanco is not a fun or sexy pick. That's why. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Um, Real quick. Sorry, I didn't, didn't want to talk about this guy, but we got to. Mondesi, in or out, 47th overall. We know wow. streakiness. Speed is up there. The Duke can literally win you steals in any given month, but he just can't stay healthy. They're talking about not playing him every day already. Who's, it, who's buying it at the price? It's it's dropped, it's down for now. Going around 50th overall, just about just about. I'm out. out? I'm out
1: at that price. <laughs> out.
2: I'm out too. I can't see myself taking him over Lindor story. Even Tyler O'Neill, who's another guy that I have a hard time buying into him, repeating, man. He's the only player to have a strikeout rate above 30%. And um And hit 30 home runs in a year and hit 280 in the process. The next highest was like 265, and it was this year as well with Javi Baez. So it's like you have to, if you buy into Tyler O'Neill, you're buying into he can succeed with his swing and miss profile, which is similar to a Baez. So there's like for every one Baez, there's like nine, like he's one out of 10 that succeed with that profile. You have to hope O'Neill is that guy too with his current swing and miss profile. And I don't know if O'Neill is that guy. So I'm afraid, but if I'm, Desperate, I might fall back on him for speed, but I also don't I have a hard time taking him over Lindor, another proven commodity. um So yeah, that's that's the top fifty. Kevin Gosman's there, but I don't think anybody really cares about him right now. <laughs> we can talk, we can talk about him another day. I want to answer these questions real quick. One of them is by our boy Fish. He wants to know when I'm gonna get into a draft. Now that he said that, I think I'm gonna talk to you, George <laughs> and Zach. If you wanna get in on this one, I'm probably gonna try to get into a DC with some friends sooner than later over the What's next week. tag show? team
1: one. I need I need a co-manager or something here.
2: Oh, God. Um, hey, I'm, I'm always down to draft. <laughs> Me and George, <laughs>
1: screw, screw you, Carolyn. We'll get in the same draft. Me and George are going to tag team against you.
0: Okay,
2: do whatever you want. And then um, you'll lose like, interest by the end. <laughs> well, in DCs, it's easy. All you got to do is draft and set your lineup twice a week. It's very, very simple. But you're not going to ES- set your lineup. Pile of Dial, one of my favorite people on Twitter. I really love that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so he's the uh, he asked that one. Let's see. Let's go on. I'm doing this on the fly. I did not write these down at L Barnaroo. I always set up Casey who plays first base for the Braves if they don't resign Freddie and he wants to make it interesting no Olsen or Rizzo as option. So oh, uh... <laughs> there aren't very um... many
0: good options out there. I mean, the Yankees have been wanting to get rid of Luke Voigt, And uh, I mean, I don't know. if they go out Does... and trade for Mancini? Maybe, maybe you know, uh, can Austin Riley move over to first base and maybe they sign someone like Kyle Seeger? I don't know, is this, is, Kyle is, Seager it's just like Kyle Seager can maybe play
2: first base. I, I don't, yeah, he took I away all might the might be fun options. We're over here scraping <laughs> the bottom of the barrel, like, oh, I guess we can do this. Like, Susugo <laughs> would have been a fun one to bring up, but he just signed. Um, yeah, there's not really much. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm gonna say if he wants like a uh, an answer. I think the best bet is we see – I don't think they're – but they're not big – I don't see the Braves trading. I want to say Trey Mancini. They go out and just get Trey Mancini and say, screw it. Uh, Kyle Schwarber? What if they, they sign Chris, Bryan? Chris Bryant? Chris Bryant? I don't think they'd make that big of a splash. Isn't I don't see them Schro- making that oh, no, big Schrober of a was splash. Schwarber was rumored to the Rockies, right? Like they were interested or something? hmm Rockies are interested in everyone. They I think Schwarber would be a fun fit there. Do they, do they need a lefty? We'll look at their lineup real quick. I mean, they're, they're that's a team that has money to spend. They most of young guys they have tied up in contracts, like long term and fair priced. Um, could um, yeah, I I could see. I like that Schwarber call because they have one switch hitter and all righties in that lineup. So not only would Schwarber be able to play first base for them, but he'd also be able to give them a lefty bat that they desperately need. I'm gonna go with Schwarber. I'm gonna go with you, George. You brought the name. I'm gonna take credit <laughs> and use them. Yeah, that'd be a fun one. If they don't get Freddie, they, obviously Freddie makes the most sense. But Schwarber's was a good name drop. I'm, I like that one. Anything better, Zach? Or are you just gonna copy us because I copied George the first? No, name? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Chris
1: Bryant. I think maybe they make a if they can't sign Ooh. Freddie, maybe they put some of that money towards Chris Bryant.
2: Another righty bat, just what they don't need. That's the only thing. I'm like, I'm looking at this. I'm like, they could just they just need lefty anyway. But that's so Chris Bryant would be so much fun there. Too. They
1: need to sign Freeman,
2: enough. <sighs> Michael Simeone. BS. Asked, first off, he lied about being a long-time listener. Actually, he was, and then he joined us. He was a co-host and then left us because he's too much of a big-time guy and doesn't care about <laughs> us anymore. He left us, he left us in the dust. Mr. Simeone, we, I will never forgive you. Um, he wants to know if I know about Ian Hap's second half, and he's, it's, it's a joke because I brought it up like five times that first pitch to like five different people because it was like one of the first players I looked into, so I was super intrigued by his second half. But yeah, C Hap had a big second half. I wrote up a whole article on him, actually. One of the only offseason articles I've done so far. He it was a crazy thing. He changed his mindset. It was it was more than just baseball. He had to change his approach and his mindset. And it was all it was a really good article in the athletic, which I linked in my article, which you can find on skplaybook.com. So that's a cheap plug there. Um, I told Mike he's lying about the first part. Where would you be comfortable drafting Cattel Marte to return positive value? That is from Aaron. At fantasy T ball, um, where's he going? Let's see, Cattell's well, going at. Oh, I can't look him up under first baseman. Um, yeah, so he's going 84.
0: 84, Yeah, yeah, ADP of eighty four. Perfectly fine taking him there. I mean, he's one That's... probably one of the only guys you could project for you know close to three hundred average. Um, second base outfield eligibility. It's you know, the he's got health, power. Right, it's the health, right? Yeah, it's it is. The I health have a hard time a a taking train.
2: over like Brandon Lau. I think man. isn't he's more of a toolsy play upside play there. Chris Bryan is sitting right there. Uh, like for James me, my is, kind of my, my target
0: my target, like even around that area or a little bit later, I, I love Jonathan man. Uh, he's ADP of one oh one, uh great on base skills. You know, he's gonna lead off for the Reds. Uh, you know, he could pop, you know, 25 homers. He's going to steal more than Marte. You know, I'm not sure how much Marte is going to run. Jonathan India could steal, you know, double digit bases, 20 plus homers. And, you know, hit 265, 270. He's going to get on base a ton, score, you know, 100 runs. So I I, I like Jonathan India personally.
2: personal range. Jorge Polanco or or Quetel Marte? <laughs> I'm going to say Quetel because that's like lesser of the two evils, in my opinion. Like they're both injury prone. They both have the upside. I yeah. don't know if I trust Jorge Polanco any more than I trust Catel Marte to stay healthy. And I'm just always going to back my guy. I'm a Catel Marte guy. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I do. I, I, I like Catel Marte. I'd
0: love for Catel Marte to find a new home, right?
2: Get traded, which is very possible. That seems like competing, real Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would prefer, I think, but see, the thing is, though, because I, I don't see much difference in Catel and Jorge. And I don't and all that. I, I could, I would want Cattell to be closer to that ninety spot because I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but when when you're taking all at eighty, you're passing on a closer and Chapman. Dylan Cease is right there. I'd rather have him in a vacuum. Um, Charlie Morton, I probably, I mean, he should be back in time. I'd probably rather have him in a vacuum. It becomes like I want him like right around that. Chris Bryant, Brandon Lau, JD Martinez. I think Marte belongs about ten picks later. So because of that, I'm probably not going to be in on them. Just, and I hate to say that. Because, again, I, I just gave you four names that more than likely I'll be, because especially knowing how I build teams, I think I'm going to be taking a pitcher in this area more than likely. Because, yeah, it's a big just crapshoot of hitters. Like, why would you take him? Because right now, again, Marte doesn't steal anymore. Why wouldn't you just take the risk on Anthony Rendon going outside the top 100 with a similar skill set in terms of batting average with a little more pop, same injury concerns, and light, and a better he's actually on a better team with better opportunity for counting stats. I just don't see why not. Like, I understand the dual eligibility. I don't know. Now I'm thinking I'm going way too much into it. The point was, like, I think I need to see Katal Marte fall down a little bit. Um, thanks Dustmite for the eyes. We're looking at you too, buddy. Uh, <laughs> last question, Zach, I know you're not ready for this one, but I kind of want to see if you could scroll down to pick 500 between 500 and 750 and pick a an name or two that you think is going to be <laughs> doing anything next year? Because I know you haven't looked at drafts at all, so it's really funny for me to just see if you have a name at all that you just look down there and say, you know what? That's a guy. While you're looking, maybe uh, maybe George could, could uh, well, drop a name or two. I mean, I've got a few already. I mean, Clint
1: Frazier's going 500. He just signed with the Cubs. I mean, if he can stay healthy on he's the field. Gonna
2: stay, he's going to go higher now because he signed. But that's It's not going to stay the at rules.
1: 500, but he's in the right rules. now – if
0: you draft tomorrow maybe i don't know um yeah i like um yoshi sasugo we kind of name dropped him a little bit um 509 he should be getting everyday playing, uh everyday at bats between first base and, and dh there uh, really showed um some potential there in the, uh, down the stretch for pittsburgh with with everyday playing time so uh, like yoshi sasugo that late and the, we're talking about like draft holes. you're not drafting these guys like uh in a in a fab league where you you're these are more guys like, you know, wait and see, and you'll, you'll pick up with, with that. But um, like for, in these DCs, you know, the, this is where you're getting these guys. Uh, Frazier was, was a good one. Um, let's see, just going down this list, uh, Harold Ramirez, Harold Ramirez, another one who, you know, uh, yeah. can Chicago unlock, you know, can they unlock some, some power from, from Ramirez? Cause you know, he has a pretty decent hit tool. Um, just like everything's
2: like on the ground. <laughs> um, Let's see. Uh, Dude, talk about Susugo real quick. I reason why I wanted to bring him up, in the second half compared to the first half, it's like night and day. The ground ball rate dropped like 10%. The, uh, he, hit, he had a 36 WRC plus in the first half, a 134 WRC plus in the second half, a 268 batting average with an 883 OPS. The first half cut both of those in half, essentially. 155 batting average to a 451 OPS. A strikeout rate was was 10% better in the second half. He still walked a ton both both halves. Point being is that he was a whole different player, and I think just getting a change of atmosphere, playing every day, little to no pressure on the Pirates, and now he went back there. I do think better days are ahead for Susugo. and I think remember he came over as like a highly touted power hitting guy from from what Korea I believe it was. Yeah. Or it was it was one of the it was one of the teams over there, and I hate if I hate it if I'm wrong, I do apologize. But Susugo is a guy that we shouldn't just ride off, right off after you know a couple bad after a rough start to his U.S. debut. So I really like that pick. That's why I wanted to make sure I brought that one back up. And there's a guy that I'll just never quit. And maybe this is the year he finally gets playing time. But I want Seth Beer on my team. I just do. I've always <laughs> been a Seth Beer guy, <laughs> and I've, I've drafted him like three straight years. And he finally saw the major leagues last year. And it, in five whole games, he hit one home run and batted 444, the 600 Babbitt. Totally sustainable. But um, let me see where he's going. I know he's going pretty damn well. While you look that
1: up, I got a few names here after just scrolling through this list.
2: 567. Uh, 595. Is, he's just the 56, 567th player listed. 595 ADP. Seth Beer, give me him. He's going to play every day. No, but if you actually look at his minor league numbers, back-to-back season, in 2019 2021, with 16 home runs, um, he struck out 20%, 20 20.7 percent of the time or less the last two seasons, only striking out over 20.7 percent of the time once in his minor league career. Um, I like, I love good play discipline. A guy who's always hit for a decent average in the minors, um, a little bit of pop, no real speed, not nothing flashy. But for Arizona, he should play, especially get the utility position. So, what were yeah. what were his
1: numbers in his cup of coffee last year with the team?
2: No, I, I was like I was exaggerating. Like it was funny. It was like he played five games, had ten plate appearances. So he didn't even start all the games. He just showed he you know he took at bats and hit ten plate appearances in five games. Thirty percent strikeout rate, ten percent walk rate. Bat hit four forty four with a six hundred bat. Hmm, sweet. Yes, with one home run. I like
1: it. But, um, you know, and
2: um. I got another one. Go ahead. I got another name. Too,
1: a few, a few that I just noticed scrolling through this list here. Um, from what I've been hearing on some podcasts and the limited research that I've done, um,
2: limited like five minutes. The of the, right now.
1: The, the AFL uh, name that everybody was talking about, Juan Yapez at five thirteen. Um, if. If the DH does come to the NL, I think he could be a big benefactor of that. Lewand Diaz at five thirty. Um, if the DH, I mean Aguilar probably goes to DH, and I think you could see Lewin Diaz as a full-time first baseman. I think, I think with full-time ABS, I mean we could see um, some good stuff from Lewand Diaz over there. We saw some pop in the minors. I uh, like that at five thirty. Another Mar. I'm all about the Marlins. Apparently, Zach Thompson at five fifty-five going well, to he Pittsburgh. Got I'm saying in Pittsburgh now, I mean, who else is he going to compete with over there? He's going to be in that rotation. Um, Definitely a decent arm to take a chance on in DCs. Um, At 540, Mike Soroka. I don't know the exact timeline for his recovery with the Achilles, but if he is going to be back uh, by like maybe May or so, it's, it's definitely worth the risk there. Um, two other pitchers quickly, Mike Lorenzen going around 600. I'm intrigued. He went to a perfect situation with the Angels. Um,
2: I think they're going to let him start, too, from what I recall.
1: Yeah, they're going to let him start, and he wants to get some ABs as well. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they do that. He can play some outfield, so... That's an intriguing option, and then last one, Emilio Pagan at six twelve. Melanson just signed with the D-back. so I w- for our bullpen guy. I mean, who do you think is going to be closing in San Diego? Do you think we see Pagan get a shot at some point?
0: Uh, I don't know. I think they bring somebody <laughs> in uh, right now. Roster resource has who Pierce Johnson um, closing, oh. but now I, I think um, I think the Padres bring someone in. Maybe they're you know maybe they go after Craig Kimbrell. And a sneaky name that, you know, I, I could definitely see landing in a spot where he could close. Uh, got a lot of hype in drafts last year and then um, missed the whole season. But Trevor Rosenthal, um, I could definitely see. Oh, that you know, was your boy. The Padres bringing him back. Um, Painful. <laughs> yeah, he he's a sneaky one that I'm, uh, you know, keeping an eye on. Yeah, I could definitely see him. You see, like a team like Texas. I mean, are they going to roll out Joe Joe Barlow after picking up, you know, Marcus Simeon and and uh, Corey Seager? I mean, maybe they sign someone like Trevor Rosenthal on a cheap deal, and and he's closing for them. Like, guys, so um, yeah. I mean, I I don't think that the
2: Padres closers on their roster, and unless they want to make like Nelson
0: Lementecler. I mean, that's
2: that's possible too. I just wanted to talk about the fact that Jordan Lyles is down here and I could never draft Jordan Lyles after finding out today that, um, that uh, Miles Straw had four home runs last year. Two of them were against Jordan Lyles. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't ever draft him ever again. Cause of that. And I, I was like, that is hilarious. And I feel bad for Jordan Lyles being that guy, but you know, I feel the need to double check that, but I, I feel like I wouldn't make that up either. You know what I mean? Like, that
1: that's a good note to finish off.
2: Yeah, Jordan Lyles. I, I I'm double checking. I actually have it. Jordan slides. Lyles,
1: you're not good.
2: Jordan <laughs> Lyles, two home runs given up to Miles Straw. Two out of his four. Yeah. Well, that and I'm not going to end on that because I wanted to make sure I brought up the actual. Player, I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about Pache real quick for late speed. Like, if you just need like a late speed upside guy, he could. He should get another shot to start for the Braves. Um, probably at the bottom of the lineup, but there is speed there. But that's pretty much that's pretty much it. And Roganito door. Like he signed with the Orioles, he's probably gonna play dual position eligibility, second, third base, empty power at this point. He hasn't stolen base since 2019. <laughs> so I'm not gonna expect much in terms of stolen bases, but there could there should be some playing time there. And when you're that late in DC's, you want to secure at bats and he should get them probably in that what five to seven range in terms of the bat, in towards in terms of the order. So it's not gonna be the worst. I don't expect him to hold a job all year, but I do expect him to get at bats and be relevant in deeper formats for most of the year. That's it. Yay, we recorded a podcast, guys. (laughs) See you (laughs) you next year. (laughs) Yeah, next year, technically. Yeah, next month will be next year. Well, that's going to do it for us over here, the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Zach, thank you for gracing us with your presence. You can follow him on Twitter at BrafZ. George, the man, the myth, the legend. You can follow him on Twitter at roto Nino. And I'm the guy who just doesn't shut up. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. We really do appreciate you guys hanging out with us. This is just, we just had a lot of fun. It was nice to get back to talk to everybody. Uh, Until next time, we'll talk to you guys soon.